So I took some notes from uh, Bishop John's all-age talk the other week, and he asked a lot more questions to the adults, so uh, I'm going to do a bit of that today as well. So um, you can get ready to answer some questions, but also to you guys here. And I wonder, can anyone here tell me what season we're in according to the Christian calendar? Sophie. I'll come. Advent. Absolutely right. Well done. And... Does anyone know or can anyone guess what the word Advent means? Isaac? Something to do with the word gospel because gospel means good news. Yeah, the gospel means good news. That's not the exact meaning of Advent, although the, it is very good news, so you're right there. Do any of the adults, can, does anyone know the, the meaning of the word Advent? Better? He comes. Yes, to come or arrival. So Advent means arrival. So during Advent, we're looking forward to the arrival of someone. Who are we looking forward to the arrival of? What do you think, Cassie? Jesus. 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 So let's think about the way that Jesus came into the world. Let's see what you remember about this story. So what were the names of Jesus' parents? Jenny? Mary and Lucci helped her out. And Joseph. And where was Jesus born? Go on, Alan. In the, the, the farm, the stable. He was, but what's the name of the town? Anger. Bethlehem. Absolutely right. And what did they lay Jesus in? They didn't have a cot, so they laid him in a... Trevis? Yeah, in the hay, in the, like an animal's feeding trough, wasn't it? A manger. And who were the first people to come and see Jesus? The first ones? What do you reckon, Sophie? No, they came later. Kind of, but Cassie? The shepherds were the very first to go and see him, but the angels did go and tell the shepherds. And who, Sophie, who were the next ones to come? You already said it. The three kings or the magi. And who was that horrible character who wanted to kill Jesus? Who was that, Isaac? Uh, so Herod? King Herod. King Herod. That is close enough. That's excellent. So it's an amazing story that the God who created the whole universe came into our world, all powerful. He came into our world as a, as a tiny, defenseless, vulnerable baby. And of course, we'll be hearing a lot more about that over the coming weeks. So we're looking forward to celebrating Jesus's uh, first arrival, um, if you like, Jesus's birth. But we're also looking forward to something else this Advent, an arrival of another kind. What could I mean by that? What else are we looking forward to? So we look back to Jesus's birth and we're also looking forward to Jenny. What do you think? Yeah, arrival of another kind. What, what kind of arrival are we looking, looking forward to? So here's where I see whether the adults have been listening. So who, who could tell me? Somebody? What else? What other kind of arrival are we looking forward to? Oh, dear. Got some work to do. I don't want to ping someone. Someone put their hand up. <laughs> What's the question? No one was listening to the question. 
I'm sure they all were. It's just you that weren't listening. No. So the question is, what kind of, what's the other sort of arrival we're looking forward to? So Jesus' first arrival, coming as a baby. And now, what are we looking forward to as well during Advent? His return. Huh? His return. His return. Okay, good. Good. Now you know that you cannot switch off. <laughs> yeah, so Jesus was born. He grew up. He taught lots of wonderful things. He lived a perfect life. And then he was killed. They nailed him to a cross. And Jesus died and he was buried. And after three days, he rose to new life. And he spent lots of time with the disciples. And then he was taken back to heaven. But before he went into heaven, Jesus promised to do something. What did Jesus promise to do? Cassie? To give a present to them. He did that. He did promise to send them the Holy Spirit, uh, which is, uh, I think, what you mean there, which is great. Excellent. But he promised to do something else. What else, Alucci? To bring peace into the world. To bring peace to the world. Yes. But he, there's a certain point in time he's going to do that. Isaac, what did he promise? To guide them. To? Guide them. To guide them. And adult, what else did he promise to do? To come back. Okay, one or two of you got that. Okay. I'm, I'm harder on the adults. I'm harder on the adults. You should know this stuff. Okay. So, Jesus, uh, John 14, verse 3 says, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So, during Advent, we look forward to celebrating Jesus' first coming into the world. Don't worry so much about the glitter on the floor. There is a little bit of glitter. It's falling off the Christmas trees that were in here earlier. Uh, So during the first Advent, we look forward to celebrating the first time that Jesus came into the world. But we also look forward to his return, his second arrival, if you like. And the last book of the Bible has a lot to say about Jesus' return. And what is the name of that book? The last book in the Bible. Does anyone know this? Angus, do you know this? Revelation. Exactly. Well done. Now, the book of Revelation is quite a strange book to read. And it's probably the most misunderstood book in the whole of the Bible. Now, some people think that it contains a secret code. Some people think that uh, it gives us an exact uh, picture of what's going to happen in the future, almost like watching a film. People have all kinds of crazy ideas about this book. But what is this book? Adults, would anyone risk an answer for this? What is this book? Yvonne, you look like you're going to say something. No? Mike? A prophecy in the form of a? A revelation, but a dream. Okay, the book is really a, a, a dream because uh, the, you see this, this guy called John, maybe the same John that was one of Jesus' uh, disciples, one of the 12, and he was stuck on the island of Patmos. And he was stuck there because the authorities didn't like him talking about Jesus, so they sent him to be on his own on this island. And God gave him a dream or a daydream or a vision, something like that. Um, who's ever had a really weird dream? Put your hand up if you ever had a really weird dream. Adults as well. Okay. Anyone had a dream as weird as that? Maybe. Do you know, I can only remember one dream from my childhood. Uh, I was lying in my bed, 
and I was looking at the wardrobe in my bedroom, and the doors burst open, and Hong Kong Fui, who is that cartoon character, came out driving his car. And the next minute, I was out on the street, on the pavement, standing in worms and beetles and slugs and horrible things, and Hong Kong Fui came driving down the road. I put out my thumb to thumb a lift, and he drove right past me. And for some reason, that's the only dream from my childhood I can still remember. So my dream was weird, but it was nowhere near as weird as John's dream. John's dream had dragons and beasts and horsemen and lampstands and stars and bowls and scrolls and all kinds of stuff. And my dream was just a dream. I'd obviously been watching too much Hong Kong Fui. But John's dream was a special message from God. And every part of the dream has a meaning. And God told John to write the dream down and send it to, uh, as a letter to the seven churches. Now, in our reading, we heard about seven lampstands. Now, John sent this letter to seven churches. So what do you think those seven lampstands represent? What do you think, Isaac? The seven churches and the seven stars that John spoke about represent the seven angels, each one that looked after one of the uh, churches. Now, this message was was helpful to um, those seven churches because um, it gave them hope at a time when they were going through a really tough time. But it's also been really helpful to Christians ever since. And a big part of the message of Revelation is that Jesus is going to return. He's coming back. And when he comes, there'll be no mistake in it. (laughs) Now, did anyone... Did anyone miss that? Did anyone not hear that? Everyone heard that. Okay, and can can everyone see what it says on the screen? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. There's no one that can't see that, is there? And it'll be like that when Jesus returns. Everyone will be able to see, everyone will be able to hear, everyone will know what's happening, and everyone will know that it's Jesus. It will be impossible to miss. But how will Jesus come? Will he come as a little baby like he did the first time? No. Hang on. Will he come as um, an adult, as he was, you know, a man as he was when he walked around with his disciples, exactly like that? Yes, yes. Well, Maybe, but, you know, there's a description here in the book of Revelation, and we won't put a slide up for this description, so it's better if you try and imagine it. If you need to shut your eyes, shut your eyes, but think about this. Jesus will be dressed in a long robe with a gold sash around him. His hair will be as white as wool or snow. It says his eyes will be blazing like fire. His feet will be like bronze that's been, that's a metal that's been heated up super hot and is glowing. His voice will be like the sound of rushing water. Ever stood next to a powerful waterfall? That thunderous sound, that's what his voice will be like, it says. It says there will be a a sword coming out of his mouth. And that his face will shine as bright as the sun. Now, I don't know quite exactly what you imagined there. But that is not an exact picture of what Jesus will look like. That is what Jesus looked like in John's dream. But what we do know from this is that Jesus will be a man. He is a man. So you were right there, Alucci. But there'll, there'll also be absolutely no mistaking that he is God. Like when he walked around in, in Bethlehem and Nazareth, 
You couldn't tell by looking at him that he's God. But when Jesus returns, there'll be no mistaking that he is God. Now, if you saw Jesus looking like that description, as a bit of a strange description, how would you feel? What would you do? What would you do if you saw Jesus looking like that? Eyes blazing like fire, feet shining, all glowing. You'd run away, Sophie. Yeah, well, that's a good answer because do you know what John did? John fell at his feet as if dead. In other words, he was so scared, he couldn't move a muscle. He probably couldn't even blink. You know, Jesus is so powerful and awesome that he can be a bit terrifying. But you know what? We don't need to fear Jesus. Jesus said to John, do not be afraid. He said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. So Jesus is reminding John that he has defeated death, that if we follow him, if we put our trust in him, not even death can harm us because when Jesus comes back, uh, everyone will be raised to new life, everlasting life with him. And so during Advent, we look back to baby Jesus lying in the manger, but we also look forward to Jesus' return when he comes in power and majesty. And so we see, when we, when we hold these two pictures together, this amazing picture that we get from Revelation, and this picture of Jesus lying in a manger, when we hold them together, we see that Jesus is man, but he's also God. We see that Jesus was a weak, vulnerable baby, but he's also all-powerful. His power is limitless. The word we use is omnipotent. Jesus is gentle and tender, but he's also a bit terrifying. He's right here with us. We can know him as a friend, but he's also, in one sense, unimaginable, like that picture that John had. Who's seen The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or read the book? Hands up. Adults as well. Who's read that book or seen that film, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Did you know that this is the fourth best-selling children's book of all time? But not a lot of people, well, not everyone knows that that book is all about Jesus. So in the book, you got the, you knew that, yeah. In the book, you got some children who enter a magical land through a wardrobe. And it's, it's been taken over by a wicked witch um, uh, who's, who's kind of ruling this land. And everyone is waiting for Aslan to return to put the world right again. Can I read you a bit of this book where the children first hear about Aslan? Okay. Is he a man? asked Lucy. Aslan, a man, said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not. I tell you, he is king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of the beasts? Aslan is a lion. The lion. The great lion. Ooh, said Susan. I'd thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and make no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking... They're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And if you've read the book or seen the film, 
you know that Aslan is perfectly safe for the children, but he's not safe for the wicked witch and all who follow her. So the Jesus whose return we look forward to this Advent is not as cute and cuddly as the little baby lying in a manger, but he is good. He does love you and you can trust him. And he promised to come back. And that means that one day he will. Should we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing story that we take in over Advent. Just looking at the way that you came into the world, but also the way that you will return in power and majesty to, to, that your perfect rule and reign will last forever. We pray that you give us a sense of excitement about this and a, a deep desire to live in the light of it and to um, build our lives on this truth. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.